Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, positively different radio wherever you are and you are with Lyle and Minnie. Minnie, how are you this morning? Look, I'm a bit sleepy, I must say. Why are you laughing? <laughs> every morning I ask, how are you Minnie? And every morning the reply is... Look! <laughs> you know, see, Liam and I sit here and wait for you to say, Look, everyone, <laughs> look, this is how it is. I didn't even know I said it that much until the girl I lived with, Beck, she was like, you, I've picked it up off you. I was like, I didn't say that. And then I was like, oh, I do. You know when you realise when someone says It's cool, don't stop. Oh, I just, you know, I actually, I'm not a fan of the old how are you question. I think I've said this to you because I'm just like, well, what's the context? Like, <laughs> is, it, <laughs> is it how I'm physically feeling? How I'm emotionally feeling? What's going on in the world? What I'm up to? You know, like some people say, how are you? What they really mean is what have you been doing? Like there's just so many avenues to this question and my little brain is like, oh, <laughs> panic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am in a, I'm in a studio of overthinkers. You are. You are. <laughs> um, how are you? What are you thankful for? Oh, I'm amazing. Um, good, I'm blessed. Good. I am happy and joyful. Um, God is good. Absolutely. Life yeah. is great. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am thankful. Okay, so this morning, a new a new milestone this morning. Hey. Drove out of my driveway, drove all the way to work, didn't switch my headlights on. Hey. Probably annoyed a few people, but halfway <laughs> down the freeway, I'm like, I don't have my headlights on. I probably should have them on, but it's like... Ah, I'm going to make this a new, uh, yeah, a new milestone. It's light this enough. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of light enough. Although we've got, yeah. what's it called? Daylight saving coming soon, eh? That's right. So oh. I get to see the sunrise again. It's going to be the best. Going to be able to sit back, have popcorn, and watch all of the Queenslanders. Popcorn. The Queensland <laughs> diaspora lose their minds. Including myself. <laughs> yes, including Minnie. Ah, so much fun. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Let's see, what have we got now? Positively different news. Let's talk about positively different news. Okie dokie. So, I actually saw a little bit of this and then I got it sent to me. It was like, hey, have you seen this story? I was like, I've seen part of it. Um, So, basically, there was a mum on Facebook who just gave a big old shout out to this teenager who um, was was working at a drive-thru. Just... Just after an encounter of kindness. And she also gave a big shout-out to his parents, being like, you know, well done, you've raised him right. Um, so they were driving home for a footy game. Um, I guess her kids play footy. And it was just one of those days where she was just like, I'm exhausted, like their kids are just cranky and unhappy and we've got to get home. It's like, nah, we're just doing drive through dinner tonight. It's just easy. It's just, you know, the emotional toll on everyone. Let's just do quick, get the kids fed. And she gets there, orders the thing, realises she's left her purse. She hasn't even brought her wallet. And then... That moment of like a bit panic and stress, you're like, I'm so sorry, I have to cancel that whole order. And um, this guy, it doesn't say how old he is, but you kind of, well, I got the sense that he's a teenager because he's saving up for his first car. Um, he just, quick as anything, just pulls out his wallet, goes, no, nah, I got it, pays for it. And, you know, she's like in tears nearly. She's like, no, no, no. And, the, you know, she's just absolutely lovely and um, wants to come back and bring cash and he just didn't want to take it. He's like, no, 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 like it's, it's all good. And then the cash was like a bit more than what he'd paid and he didn't want to take that because it was more. And she was like, he doesn't understand, like this is lovely. And she just, um, on her post, she just said, you know, why do not let this world change your kind heart um, for it's people like you that will change this world for the better. And um, yeah, just gave him a big shout out, just thanking him, um, just praising him. And then she found out, I guess through conversation, that he is saving for his first car. And so her and her husband have started a GoFundMe page to oh, help wow. him out with that. Because, And I just, 
I find it really interesting that when someone does something kind for you, it's often it's like I I really want to help you too though. It's like how what can I do? Um, anyway, so she just gave him a big shout out, and I was like, yeah, that's really cool. That's awesome. Um, that's amazing. It's yeah. And it was a nice share was, the love around. Absolutely, it was a nice part of her night. Um, okay, and then another story. I actually thought this was really cool. So I have a friend. His name's Ludovico. He's Italian. He is back in Italy this year. And his plans were, before COVID, that he wanted to go to South America. He just he, There was all the things he was going to do. And yeah, then, like we all did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we all had so many plans. Oh, yeah. And then, I don't know if you guys remember, maybe maybe it was around March-ish when Italy was like one of the hot spots. And so they went into quite extreme restrictions very, very quickly. I remember messaging him and he was like, oh, this is so boring. Like, And for a lot of people, and just worldwide, COVID has, have, has taken a toll on our relationship. Yeah, big shout out to uh, Melburnians this morning who get to do a little bit more than what they could before. Hey. Yeah, just, just a little bit more. Look, take it, take it. <laughs> You're allowed to have weddings down there now. Well, that's nice. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people are appreciating that. Only five people, but, you know, you can have five people. Yeah, it's people something. Pers- it's something. That's right. It's something. Um, but, yeah, so... Even though for a lot of people it's been a bit of a tricky situation, not for two of them. So, uh, Paola and Michelle, I want to say. Um, so they were stuck in their, their apartments for a solid couple of months and the proof of lo- silver lining turned out to be that now they're engaged because okay. they've lived in there for years, haven't really ever interacted with each other, but they decided, I guess, whoever the people who were who lived in these apartments are like, you know what, we need a concert. We need a balcony concert. So whoever can play music, we just need to share the love. Let lift the spirits. It'll be great. Yep. Um, yep. And this so, is good. Yeah. Balcony concert. Yep. A lot of people in Italy live in apartments, eh? Yeah, yeah. They drive tiny cars and live <laughs> in apartments. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, anyway, so while um, the sister of one of them was setting up, you know, they, they were doing the kind of sound check. I guess they were, had stuff plugged in. And they looked over and kind of saw this other person and was like, oh, interesting. Hello. You know, they, they get each other's Instagram accounts and then um, they start following each other and then they start messaging each other most days and then they start calling each other nearly every day. Just kind of have these things happen. Yeah, and then one of them put up a massive banner with the other person's name on it. And, um, yeah, basically, essentially, since it's come out, they uh, since, sorry, the lockdown has finished. Um, the, well, the They've intent, come out of lockdown. Yeah. They've come out of lockdown. There we go. There we go. You're helping me today. Um, they met in a park and, yeah, now they're planning their wedding. And so for them, they're like... It was all right. <laughs> Lockdown wasn't so bad. Lockdown had definitely had some uh, some bonuses there. They probably would have never met without lockdown. Absolutely, yeah. But anyway. It's amazing how you can live so close to so many people yeah. and not know them. Yeah. You know how many how many people? How well do you know all the people who live beside you? Yeah. Look, not well. Yeah. Oh, actually, this year I probably know them more than other years, uh-huh. just because I just geographically just the people that I live around, you know, we talk, but, but yeah, it's so easy not to know people at all. Hey, that's right. I mean, I've got, uh, I've got six neighbors that adjoin my property and then several other neighbors that are sort of on the opposite side of the street and I've met them all, Mm -hmm. but there's a bunch of them. I don't remember their names because Mm -hmm. unless you sort of talk to someone on a regular basis, you never get to sort of know their names. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a little bit sad, you know? Well, I just think even how many times do you have to go wherever, Coles, Woolies, whatever shop in a week? Now, maybe you won't see the same people, but I know that there are times I've gone, you see the same people consistently, but I don't know them. And it's just like, oh, yeah, hey, like, how's it going? And um, I sometimes think, though, sometimes I'm like... So you're better, you're much better at this than what I am. 
What do you mean? You don't talk to you don't talk to them. Talking to random people. Oh. Yeah, well, yeah, you're much better at talking to random. I never talk to random people. But I can talk to random people. But this is what I was thinking. I was like, why can't I make friends with these people? Because like, it's not often that I'm going to go to Woolies, have a chat with someone, and be like, hey, let's go do something after. You know, like there's no interaction That's right. of yes, life. Yes, it sort of never goes past there. Yeah. But yeah. it's nice that you talk to people. I mean, Australians often just sort of look the other other way when we go down the, uh, the, the, the supermarket aisle. It's so devastating. Devastating to me. <laughs> I was like, man, all these people we could talk. I mean, I don't every time. Like, I definitely. My wife comes from small town, Northwoods, we Wisconsin. Talk to everyone. Well, you talk to everybody. You don't yeah. know them, but you talk to them. You yeah. don't look away when you go down the supermarket aisle. You say hello, have a bit of a chat, talk about the weather. Australians are getting worse, I reckon. Yeah, it's sad. We need to change it. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so big happenings in the United States. Now, here in Australia, we don't really understand just how powerful the Supreme Court of the United States is. It is the most powerful uh, legislative body in the United States. The Supreme Court is more powerful than uh, Congress, Senate, or presidency. It's mm. as simple as that. The reason being is because it all of those other institutions create the laws. It is the Supreme Court that... Uh, interprets those laws Mm. and you can create a law for a specific purpose if the interpretation of that law is the opposite of the purpose for which you created the law Mm. then it doesn't matter how you know um, sincerely you brought in a new law it is null and void and it's actually doing the opposite of what it is supposed to do Mm. and so this is why the Supreme Court is so powerful now when the Supreme Court finds in a particular decision, it becomes common law. And so any uh, any court below the Supreme Court is then bound to follow the decisions of the Supreme Court in the decisions that they make. Mm-hmm. And so incredibly powerful. Of course, we had uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg who died uh, recently and left a vacancy there. Now, the Supreme Court is appointed by the presidency in the United States and they are appointed for life. Whoa. Once you are in there, you are in there, and and this is why a vacancy became available when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. Yeah, right. Uh, You can retire. There is that option. Uh, But you can stay in as long as you want, and, of course, she wanted to stay in until Trump was no longer president so that someone who wasn't Trump would be able to replace her, but that didn't happen. You can't really choose that, Yeah. That did not happen, and so the choice has come down as Amy Conant Barrett. Now, we spoke about Amy Conant Barrett uh, last week, and so what can we expect from Amy Conant Barrett from a religious perspective? Mm -hmm. Because the religious makeup of the Supreme Court is absolutely fascinating. Uh, Particularly if you study, if you understand some history of the United States. The United States exists as a reaction to medieval Europe. Mm-hmm. So basically what happened was the founders of the United States looked at the history of the Dark Ages and they said, how can we make sure that, that the Dark Ages don't happen here? Don't happen here. Mm. Now, the dominant force during the Dark Ages was the church. The church, you know, you've, you've got you know, different nations that come and go. You've got the Holy Roman Empire and you've got you know, the British Empire and you've got all these different empires that sort of come and go and the power flows this way and that way and the other way amongst nations. But the one consistent power that was overarching all of those nations was the church. And so 
to avoid the dark ages. You know, they brought in things like the separation of church and state, um, religious liberty. Um, the, uh, the, the they did away with you know torture that got rid of an inquisitional system of government, etc., etc. Now, so uh, very interesting to see. Uh, by the way, Bible prophecy says Bible prophecy teaches very very clearly that the United States will reproduce the legal system of the Dark Ages. Mm. So it's interesting to see what's been happening on the Supreme Court. So, okay, Amy Connett Barrett, let's just do a little bit of uh, a review of uh, who she is. Um, she's strong on abortion. Really, really happy about that. Very supportive of her Wait, position on abortion. Pro or not? Anti-abortion. Okay, yeah. So she's, she's very pro-life, mm-hmm. strong on pro-life, and this is a good thing. Um, she's weak on the separation of church and state. Now, you would ask, well, why is she weak on the separation of church and state? The answer is that she's a very, very devout Roman Catholic. Okay. Now, if you look at the Roman Catholic system, this is the system that ruled during the Dark Ages, and the entire system is founded on the union of church and state. And it's been mm-hmm. that way since the decree of Justinian in 533 AD. Um, and so if you go to the Vatican today, it is its own country. <laughs> You know, it has it has ambassadors, it has its own currency, it has its own police force, it has its own postal system, it has its own passports. It's not a part of Italy in any way, shape, or form. It is a separate nation, mm. and it's governed by the Holy Roman See. The Holy Roman See. The head of the Holy Roman See is the Pope. Uh, it is also the head of the uh, Holy Roman Catholic Church, which is also the Pope. And so you've got a perfect union of church and state. So you can't get two organizations that are more opposite than each other than the, uh, than the Vatican and the United States. They're complete diametrically opposite. One is a perfect union of church and state. The other is a perfect separation of church and state. And the Bible says that the United States will create a perfect union of church and state. Mm-hmm. So to have a Supreme Court justice who is a devout Roman Catholic, that creates an interesting um, scenario because doctrinally, doctrinally, her church doctrine and and and, and her churches, you know, her popes have uh, actually published um, you know syllabus of errors and cyclical letters etc. against the U.S. Constitution. <laughs> uh, they've been very very vocal about this. So doctrinally, she can't uphold the Constitution. No. If she's upholding the other, yeah. If she's going to uphold the other. Yeah. <clears throat> because by being a Roman Catholic, she's also a citizen of the Vatican City. Ah, interesting. Ah, it's interesting. It's yeah. so interesting. Now, because of this, throughout history there have been 216 Supreme Court justices. Up until 1994, there was always a Protestant majority. Uh, there was a number of Jewish people who served on it, uh, but there was always a Protestant majority, and this was the reason why. The issue of separation of church and state was the reason why, up until '94, there was a Protestant majority. Since 2010, the last 10 years, of course, there hasn't been a single uh, Protestant on the Supreme Court, and it has been uh, about two-thirds Roman Catholic, one-third Jewish, Well, now that's changing so that we now have... uh, If you go through the Supreme Court justices, um, you have um, um, Barrett, who is Roman Catholic, Roberts, who is Roman Catholic, Thomas, who is Roman Catholic, Bayer, who is Jewish, Alito, who is Roman Catholic, uh, Sotomayor, who is Roman Catholic, Kagan, who is Jewish. You have Gorash, 
who is Catholic, mm-hmm. but not Roman. Oh, okay, yep. Um, but Jesuit trained. And you have Kavanaugh, who's Roman Catholic, and now Amy Conant Barrett, who's Roman Catholic. So she's definitely it now. That's, she's the, that's well, it, yeah. she's got to be approved. But yeah, they've okay. got the numbers to approve it. So, uh-huh. you know, theoretically... Chances are high. Uh, the chances are very, very high. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, so that makes for a very, very interesting situation. Now, I did read this... Uh, let me just see if I find this um, quote. Um, this was... Uh, this was... Um, where did it go? Where did it go? Where did it go? Where did we go? I gotta find it. Just jump from here. It is. Here it is. Here it is. Okay. So Amy Conant Barrett used to work for Justice Antonin Scalia. Okay. Also Roman Catholic. Right. Um, he declared that when religious rights clash with the government's need for uniform rules, the court will side with the government. Okay. Which is yeah. interesting. Yeah, okay. that is interesting. All right, now watch this. Uh-huh. Because the government is formed by a majority. Yes. Uh, the constitution is there to protect the minority mm-hmm. because you don't need a constitution to protect the majority because they are protected by the simple fact that they are the, the majority. majority yeah. <laughs> so the reason you have a constitutional democracy is so that you don't have mob rule. And he's like, no, we're going to go with the majority. He says, religious adherents need to look to the political system, not to the courts, for protection. Wow. Very interesting to see yeah. where this is all going to go as we see an image being formed to a medieval system in the United States. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Right now we have Dr. Sven Erstring joining us. Dr. Sven, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be back. Oh, it's good to have someone in the studio too. I know. I know. It's it a bit quiet. Must be the cold. Everybody's getting a bit cold at the moment. And, and, it and it's just a bit of a, a rare thing because I think people just travel less now that there's COVID. You know, I think we got out of the habit of traveling. And even <laughs> though you sort of can now, um, not outside of the state, of course, but uh, it's it's good to have someone in the studio. Well, thank you, Doctor Sven. We're going to talk about uh, DNA today. How many letters are there? In the human genome. If you were to write your genome, uh, how, many, how, how big of a book would that be? Well, so, so the human genome is like the text for, for the, um, uh, all of our DNA, all of the information that requ- the body requires to make you you. That, yes. That's the whole, yes. the whole uh, human genome. And it's written, it's written as code. It's written as text. Um, using four letters, A, C, G, T. That's pretty simple. It's, it's pretty simple. I guess um, it's one step above binary though, isn't it? It is one step above binary. And, th- and this is a very interesting point. Why does it use four letters? Why not two? Uh-huh. Why not eight? Why not 16? Is there or a reason? How many is the way you got in English? Like 20-something? Yeah. 26. 26. 26. 20-something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was right, 20-something. But yeah. the point is, why, why four letters? Why, why, why not more? And it's very interesting. The, thing, the other interesting thing as well is this, is that we don't find any evolution of the genetic alphabet. So we don't find two letters gradually becoming three or four. Ooh. Or it's always just been four. It's always just been four, which it's is really amazing. Cool. That's very that. cool. That's very cool. And, and what... Uh, what uh, scientists have said is that the um, genetic alphabet is an optimal, it's like the best way of coding for um, genetic information. Um, so, so they've actually designed four more letters, so they've now got eight. 
they can create more nucleotides, nuclear bases. Uh, but the fact is that we've got <clears throat> four, which means it's the top. And, and what scientists have said is it's like a frozen evolutionary optimal. But think about this. Evolution means change. Mm. Frozen means... <laughs> no change. <laughs> no, 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 no change. Shot themselves yeah. in the foot. This is, this is a major problem here. Uh-huh. And, and so we've got no evidence of the, of the evolution of the alphabet. But that's another whole topic in and of itself. Getting back to your question, Lyle, yep. the fact How is, big is there's... The How big is the book? There, there's three billion Whoa. letters. Three billion. Three that's, billion that's letters. A fair, fair few letters there. <laughs> it is. It, it's a lot of letters. So inside your cell, there's, there's three billion letters of information. Now, to give you a, a picture of what that's like. So, so right here, I'm holding a, a Bible. Um, there's a Bible on the desk here. And if we were to put all of the, the letters of the human genome into a Bible, you would need 850 Bibles <gasps> to hold all of the information in one single cell in your body. That's amazing. 850. 850 Bibles. That's all the way from Genesis 1 through to Revelation 22 and back again 850 times. I'm just thinking how many bookshelves I would need <laughs> to hold the information in my genome. Whole body, yeah. That's, I mean, that's, 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 a lot of, that's a lot of books. That's a big bookshelf. It is. I mean, from a pastor's point of view, that, that is like, that is gold. But think about this, that, that we have the, the written word of God, uh, the, the word which was inspired. Yes. But inside every one of our cells, there's the equivalent 850 copies of, of that in terms of just sheer text. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. And not only this, I want to um, give you a little bit more information. So if I was to, to stretch out your DNA, so it's all kind of, you know, um, a bit like wool or, you know, string, kind of all um, tied up, shall I say. But if I was to actually stretch it out, it would, one in, in your cell, it would be two meters high. So effectively six feet. In so, a cell. In a cell. So there's six feet. There's two meters of DNA That's in each one of your cells. That's pretty tightly wound up then. It is. <laughs> because I can't see cells. No. No. You know, I, can't, I can't look at my hand and go, oh, there's a cell. <laughs> no. But, this, what but there's, there's, there's two meters of it. Two meters in length, which is just, just mind-boggling, which is really amazing. Now, let, let's take it one step further. If I was to take all of your cells and extract the DNA molecule, the string, shall I say, and if I was to stretch it all out and lay it all out one by one, end to end, it would go from the earth to the sun and back again 600 times. 600 times. That's just for me. Just That's for you. And then they do the same thing again for many. For many as yeah. well, yes. So just each individual person. Wait, how, do they, how have they tested this? How do they know how much the measurement would be? Well, well, they can certainly they know how how long each piece of DNA yeah, is, right. so so they can they can work it out, and then they simply know the distance from the Earth to the Sun, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. just just multiply, yeah. divide it. Just up. maths, so, lots of maths, mm, just lots yeah. and lots, <laughs> lots of maths. But this is what I want to explain to to our listeners this morning: is that DNA is a phenomenally amazing piece of code. It's mm-hmm. it's like the the code that you have in your Apple. Uh, MacBooks or your, you know, Dell computers. It, it's it is a code. It's really instructions, um, which then there's little little machines which are running along reading this code, 
um, and it's to make proteins and, and, and all of those kind of things in your body. It's absolutely, absolutely amazing. But the thing is, often what we think about when we think of DNA is we think of it as kind of like a, a piece of, of tape, if you know what I mean, in terms of you've got your ACGT and, and they're, they're obviously paired up. Um, and so we, we kind of think you just kind of unravel it and then you just read it. So if I want to read Lyle, then I just take out your DNA and all the, all the way along two meters of you. Mm-hmm. And, and then once I'm done, I, I know all about you. But it's nothing like that. The amazing thing with DNA is this, is that it's, it's an incredible piece of code in that I can take a piece of DNA and then I'll, I'll find a message on that DNA. Like, for example, I'll find out that Lyle has brown eyes. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I think I've read that yes, correctly. Yes, yes, you've read and that one correctly. he has blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so, so I'm right. So, so we think, you know, you run along, you go brown eyes. I mean, it's not quite as simple as that, but that's mm. the, the kind of general idea. The amazing thing is this, is that if you take the same piece of, of DNA code and read it backwards, you can get a different message. Hi. Oh, wow. So reading it left to right, you can get brown eyes, and then reading right to left, you, you get can get different information about somebody nose. else. Exactly. And, and it even gets more amazing than that. So you get the same piece of DNA, and, and you, you read it, but you can actually go through it, and you can find another hidden message in there. And then another so and many another. Layers. So layers. Wow. It's layers. Wow. It's layers. So I just so, had my DNA analyzed, right? To find ancestry. out Ancestry.com? Ancestry, yes. <laughs> so, um, so you're in with the Mormons here. Did you know that? Yes, the, yes, yes. I, I, I have a family on their website as well. Um, but... Uh, so it took them like six weeks to analyze it, and and they keep sending me these emails. Oh, we've got up to this stage, and now we're doing this with it. And this must be part of the reason why it took them so long because they've got to read it left to right, back to front, upside down, inside out. Well, well, they they don't necessarily need to read um, all of the overlapping pieces of code. That no. they can just read the text, so ACGT all the way through, and then they can match it with other people. You yes. know, whether you're from Sweden or Wales or Ireland or some kind of places like like that, or the United States, whatever it may be. So, so it would certainly Iran, take- India, Indonesia, Philippines, <laughs> <laughs> Samoa, and, and no, there was no Samoa no, in there. No, uh, a bunch of British. Um, there was a little bit of Scandinavian in there. You, a few of yeah. your relatives there, Sven, um, and a bit of um, French as well. But this is the point. If you were to ask a computer programmer to write a piece of code at its basic level where you can get overlapping codes, it's a hyper-dimensional piece of code. Mm. Um, computer programmers would be absolutely stunned. They'd be amazed. They'd be going like, this is incredible. That, that you could do it, that you could pack this information so tightly. And there's another thing as well is this, is that as we talked about before, DNA is not just a string that's, you know, all lined out there in your cells. I mean, obviously you've got six feet. You're not even six feet. Nah. So <laughs> there's a problem there. So it's all wound up. The thing is with DNA, um, the, the body can, DNA can actually change its shape so that it reveals different parts of its code at different times when it needs to. Oh. Like so a, the, the, the physical what? shape of it is, is meaningful as well. It's like the page of a book. 
where you can le- read it left to right, but you can also read it right to left. Now, think about the complexity of creating a book that you could read both, both directions ways. and both would make sense but tell completely different stories. But then it's almost like you can read through the page. That's right. Or you, you, or you could... So you can read in to out and out to in. So, so you could actually take up a page and scrunch it up as a ball and read a different story. Oh, yeah. What causes it? You said in different contexts, it kind of can change it. What What are those causes? Well, the the, the body wants to. The, the body is is a very dynamic, mm. um, or, uh, you know, piece of equipment, shall I say? Mm. So there's different times where you need different um, pieces of information. P- pieces of information to be to be read in terms of you know as as a baby develops, mm. as as you as you require different things to be made. You know, you're telling a different story at different stages along the way. I mean, this is this is from a computer um, programmer's point of view. This is absolutely stunning. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is this is incredible. And and let's go even further than that. Is that DNA is the most dense um, uh, information storage system in the world in terms of the actual material as mm-hmm. well. So so we've got you know hard disks and and we've got um, we've got USBs and, and things like that. And, and we, we pride ourselves in how much, how much data we can hold in those, those things. Whereas for DNA, it's even more tight, even more dense. So if, if I have one gram of DNA, I can store 215 million gigabytes. So... How long before synthetic DNA takes over our computers rather than using, like, flash drives that we're using at the moment? Well, that, that's exactly the point. That's exactly the point. So, so computer scientists and, and companies want to exploit. Oh, it would be so amazing. Mm. That would be so amazing. The, the, the problem is this is that not only is it very dense, but how do you actually read and write the information? Yeah, yeah. And the other thing too is that the DNA is actually, it, it can break down fairly quickly. So, so, and this is the amazing thing, is that you, you are still alive here today because there's not only DNA, this is, this is the point, it's not only DNA in ourselves, there, there's all of these repair machines they run along. There's there's things which run along and correct errors which are occurring in in the code. There's things which are are going. You know, we we're repairing this this molecule to keep it functional and 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 working well for you. And I and I I stand back. My and I mind look is at just that. boggled. I know. And I go to you. Is is that evidence? Of a, of a mind and a designer or what? Oh, it has to be, hey. That is total evidence of, a, of the mind of a designer. I mean, that, you know, it's like, to it's, say that something like that evolved, it just stretches the imagination way, way, way too far. I think it just shows how much of a work of love our bodies are. Like, they're constantly mm. at work just, just doing their thing. Like, I don't know that my body is doing that at all, yes. but it's amazing. Mm. I love this subject. I wish we could just sit uh-huh, here uh-huh. and... Talk about it and unpack it for the next half hour, but unfortunately, we've run out of time. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at one eight hundred Faith FM.